0: This podcast is brought to you by Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Let's get into the message. If you have your Bibles, let's open them up. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. We're going to start with this scripture for the next couple weeks also because I want to remind you the most important thing about all of this what God says, God means. When he says it, he means it. And what God says is truthful. And so I want you to understand something. So tonight, the message, if you're taking notes, you can title it, Living in the Supernatural. Last week, we started understanding a foundation of this spiritual gift. I talked a little bit about how I've seen um, in the spiritual realm and what I mean by that, seeing in the spiritual realm. I have seen angels. I've seen demons. I've seen visions. I've had visions, I've been transported, and I'll tell those stories as we go farther. Um, Physically, I wasn't, but I literally left my body, went to Colorado, was there, watched what happened, watched how God did something and came back. It was amazing. Now, some of you may say, this doesn't make sense. Understand this, God's ways are higher and greater than ours. God's ways are better. God's ways are the best way. And this is what it comes back down to. When you walk in the supernatural, the devil tries to change the way that we see these things. I shared this story, I shared this quote last week, and I wanna remind you, the greatest trick that was ever played on humanity was convincing the world that the devil doesn't exist. So a lot of people will say, well, that's crazy. That's not, well, you know what? You hear people talk about, well, how could this disaster, how could God let that happen? How could God do that? But you never hear him talk about the enemy. What I wanna talk about tonight is that there is a supernatural world. In fact, there are two worlds that we deal with. The natural world that we are living in right now. Every day that we see people just like this and mixed in that world is what we call the supernatural. In the supernatural, this is where angels are. This is where demons are. And understand that they don't, they are not bound by the limits that we are bound by. For example, if I said, hey Philip, could you do me a favor and run through that wall? We could watch him do it as many times as he wants. We could laugh at him every time he does it. But he's never going to make it through that wall. The thing about angels is they're not bound by that wall. They can literally go through the wall and they can just disappear. And that's what I want you to understand about this is the supernatural world is here. And it's something that we, that most people do not see. The Bible refers to them in the Old Testament as seers. Seers are people that have been given a gift. And I and I God kind of walked me through this, so I want to go over that real quick. I'm going to read this. I didn't tell them I was going to go to the scripture, but I want you to understand this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the spiritual gifts that God has. And so I'm just going to read this very quickly because I want I want to cover something. Because I've had a lot of people come up to me and tell me, "Can you pray for me so that I get that gift?" And I refer back to the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this talks about the spiritual gifts. And due to time, I'm not going to cover all of it. But verse 4, it says, there are many, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of all of them. They are all different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. This is why we have spiritual gifts. Understand that. When I say that, when I'm talking about these spiritual gifts, you have a spiritual gift, and I have a spiritual gift. Some of us function in more than one. Some of the gifts that you will see more um, as you go through and you read to one person, the spirit is given the ability to wise advice, another, the same spirit given the message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith. To another, the same one, the spirit of healing, the gift of healing. He gives a person one power to perform miracles, the other ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown language, and another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. And this is what it comes back down to. Those are some of the gifts that I want you to understand. They are functioning in everyday life. God works through those gifts. And one of the gifts that we talked about was being able to discern spirits. And that is the gift that I'm talking about that seers have. And so that is one of the things that I'm gonna talk a little bit about tonight and help you to understand something about angels and about demons. And so as we kind of go through this, the biggest thing I want you to understand about this is that God's word, again, it is real and he means what he says. After I started understanding about the truth and the discerning of spirits, I started seeing some amazing things about how God does stuff. And so I want to I briefly describe how we interact with the supernatural world without even knowing it. So as, at times I can see in the spiritual realm, not all the time. Like right now, um, I'll have a sense of certain things, but it's not like I'm seeing in the spiritual realm as we speak. But one of the things that I will see is sometimes you will notice that when people are worshiping, you'll have these clusters and then there will be these open areas. And most of the time, In a worship setting, those areas are actually filled with angels. They will be standing right next to you as you are, hands lifted high, worshiping the Lord. They will be standing right next to you. One of my favorite things to watch, and it gets me distracted as I'm watching it, but um, as, like, people are coming up to the front. So say this is the front of the stage. People are coming up, and they're talking, and they're doing the things like this. You will see, or I will see, angels move out of the way of people as they're coming to stay there. And then every once in a while, you'll see this. You'll see two people walking along and they'll be talking and this guy will just do this and then he'll just kind of keep walking. He has no idea what he just did. There was an angel standing right there. His spirit knew it, so he walked around it like there was something like there was a table in the way. This is how much we interact. You will remember times that you were walking down the way and for some reason you just felt like there was something there and you walked around it. I'm not saying all the time that's angels or demons or any of these things, but I'm see, I have seen it many times where that has happened, where people will split up and come back together. In fact, one time I was watching it, I stopped them and I said, hey, why'd you just do that? I'm like, do what? And I was like, you guys were walking together, you split up, you came back together. Why'd you do that? Well, I don't know. I didn't even realize I did it. I knew why they did it. I just wanted to see what they did and why they did it. But that's what I'm trying to help you to understand about how much we interact with the supernatural without even knowing it. It is there, though you may not see it, it is still around us all the time. One of the things I want you to understand is that we have access to the supernatural world. One of the things that we're gonna talk about is found in Hebrews that I read about last, last week. Hebrews chapter one talks specifically multiple times about how God created angels. That angels weren't called to be this, but they were called to do this. In Hebrews chapter one, verse 14, and I'll get to it, and I'm gonna cover this again in multiple scriptures. This is actually the scripture that teaches ministering spirits. And it, you are commanded to tell those ministering spirits to go. So when you pray, when you ask those things, for example, I've been praying for my family, different people all the time. I'll be praying for different ones and I'll say, go get a ministering spirit, minister to their hearts, speak to them, be with them. Or if I'm believing God for a financial breakthrough, I'll speak to that and pray and send the ministering spirits out because they are waiting to do what we've been asking of things to happen things to be done, things to go forth. And so that's one of the things I want you to understand about. But it starts in Mark chapter 11. And this is the scripture I want you to understand. Because when you're in the supernatural, what you say, listen to how he says this again. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. See, because I've told you there's a supernatural world, you may believe me. But do you have faith because I said it, or do you have faith because God said it? This is what it comes back down to, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. This is what it comes back down, this is faith. This is a boldness that we're talking about right here. See. We deal with too much stuff. Pastor's been talking about this. We let too much stuff go on and just deal with it. Understand this. I'm tired of dealing with it. In fact, there was one time in my life when I, I, I've been sunburned some crazy ways, and it's awful. I hate sunburns. I hate them. They are so frustrating to deal with. They hurt. They're no fun. It takes all the joy away of what you want to do because every time you move, it hurts. It hurts. And I remember I was out, I was watching a track meet, and I had sandals on for the first time, and I was coming back home and I put sunscreen on, I did all this stuff, and I remember coming back and my feet were sunburned. Not bad, not blistering, not not to the degree of some people, but they were gonna hurt. And I was like, Lord, I don't want this to hurt. Most people would just say, I'll just deal with it. And I was like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to just deal with it anymore. Lord, you said by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. So if we're healed, it's not just cancer. It's not just a sickness here. Lord, you didn't say it had to be this, this, or this. You just said we're healed by the stripes of Jesus. So Lord, you know how much I don't like sunburns. So I'm going to pray, Father, that my feet would not hurt. That they wouldn't hurt. I'm just asking, Lord, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I don't want my feet to hurt. When I go to bed tonight, I don't want my feet to hurt. In Jesus' name, amen. That was my prayer. That was it. I walked away and the thought crossed my mind. Well, that was a dumb prayer because that's how the enemy works. Understand this. He throws fiery darts at your thoughts to convince you that what you just prayed will not happen. That's how he takes your faith away. And I started to comment on it and I stopped myself mid-sentence and I said, no. That was a great prayer, and it's gonna happen. I thank you. I'm gonna walk, and I started speaking back, and I started walking, and I was like, nope, my feet are not gonna hurt. I don't care what you say to me, what you want me to think. The Bible's better than you, and I'm gonna believe this, because this said whatever I ask, I shall receive. So I asked for it, I'm gonna receive it. I believe it, I stand on it, and I'm firm on it. And all of a sudden, I started doing those things. You know what rose up inside of me? A boldness. You know what happened the next morning when I woke up? My feet didn't hurt. Now, you may say, it's just a sunburn. Yeah, it's just a sunburn to you. It's something I don't want to deal with with me. But you know what we deal with? We just put up with too much. It's time to take authority over those things. It's time to stand firm. And it's time to have boldness because God didn't say to just deal with it. God said, cast your cares and anxieties on me for I care for you much. But so many times we just deal with it. I don't know why I got off on that, but I want you to understand this. God cares about you. God cares about the mountains that are in your life. Stop dealing with them. Stand firm, speak to them, and get them out of your life and watch God open up and watch the peace and the valleys that you get to walk through. Not the mountains, the valleys. Because God is going to open up some things. So we continue on. It says, I tell you the truth, you can pray for anything, and if you believe you have received it, it will be yours. This is what it comes back down to. Faith is, not, faith is not a noun. Faith is a verb. It's an action. You put it into action. You have to put faith into action in everything you do. And understand, prayer works. Prayer works all the time. In fact, Monday night, we had a, a girl come over where uh, I have the privilege of marrying off uh, one of my wife's um, she had a connection to her. She was a, her basketball coach for a long time. And we just kind of connected. My wife and I kind of worked with her. We brought her to church many, many, many times. She told me back when she was in high school, you're going to be the one that's going to marry whoever I marry. You're going to be the one that's going to do the wedding. And I was like, great. Four years passed by and I find out they're engaged and they called back and actually asked me to marry them. So I'm like, Hey, this is fantastic. So Monday night they're over. And uh, we finished all the stuff and she's kind of hanging around. We finished the premarital stuff and she's hanging around and she said, I have some questions to ask you. And I was like, oh, okay. So she said, can we go talk in there? So we went in the other room because they were watching a movie in this one. So we went in the other room and she just said, I've been dealing with this and I've been dealing with this and I've been doing, dealing with this. And she said, in the last 48 hours, I've had six hours of sleep. She said, every time I go to sleep, this is what happens. And she starts sharing what's going on. And there were some major things that were going on in her. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. You have to stand up and be bold for what you believe. The Bible says, my beloved will have sweet and peaceful sleep. Psalms 4.8. So you make a decision, and this is what's going to be. You make a decision on it. I mean, that's a long story short. I kind of walked her through some things. You have to understand, do you want sweet sleep? She said, yes. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. When I pray for you, you have to understand you have to receive it though. You have to receive it, you have to speak it, and you have to go to bed tonight not going, well, I hope, you have to go to bed going, I am. See, when we hope, you always have a chance of missing. But when you are, you're 100% in. She texted me the next day and she said, I want you to know I went to sleep, I slept the best I've slept in years. Now, Little did she know, when I prayed for her, one of the things that happened is I came around, put my arms on her back, and I, my hands on her back, and I, I prayed over her. And when I was praying over her, what I saw in the spiritual realm was I saw a very heavy, heavy layer on her. And there were some things in her family that had happened that caused these, this thing to come on her. And so as I was praying, I could sense it starting to move up and coming up. And what it was, was it's almost like a, putting a blanket over a light. The light was covered up. The light was still there, but it was covered up. It wasn't able to do something. And when it came up, the brightness started coming back in. And I could sense, in the spiritual realm, seeing peace and joy coming back into her and growing from the inside out. It wasn't like there was something, there was something that was covering it, And all of a sudden, when we prayed, it went away. And it wasn't because of my prayer, it was because of her belief. She took that thing and it went off of her. And all of a sudden, she received the peace and the joy that she had been desiring. And I looked at her and I said, God loves you enough to give you sweet and peaceful sleep. We just have to receive it. And we have to speak it. And this is what it comes back down to. If you don't believe it, because she could have turned around and said, oh, that's a good idea, but I don't think that works. See, I can tell you this because I saw what happened in the spiritual realm. This is what was going to happen. But she has to receive it. See, there was another story when I was much younger. I had just started receiving this gift, and I started understanding what was going on. And it was actually Pastor's mom. We were praying, and she was having issues with her knee. And this was 15 years ago. And she was having issues with her knee. She could hardly walk. It was hurting all the time and it was doing some different things. And I remember we were praying and she was praying over me and she said, would you pray over my knee? And so I started praying over her knee and all of a sudden her knee, it was like I was looking at an x-ray, but it was like 3D. And I was looking at her knee and I looked to the right and an angel had just come in the room. And I looked to the left and another angel had come into the room. And there was another one that came behind. There were three angels that were in the room and she was sitting there. And I remember I was down like this towards her knee because that's what was hurting. And she was behind that one angel came in this way, one angel came in this way and another one came in the back. And I was praying over her. And I remember I was praying over her left knee. That was the one that was hurting. And we were praying and I was speaking and I could see what was happening. They took these string things and they started putting them in her knee. And I looked And the angel looked at me and just smiled. And I looked back and I'm like, what are you doing? You know, In my mind, I'm thinking, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, the angel on the other side looked at me and said, we're putting ligaments back into her knee. She's messed up all of her ligaments. And I said, so what does that mean? He said, we're giving her a few more years with these knees before she'll have to have them replaced. And I remember at that moment going, it's this serious, and I looked back at the knee and it revealed what it was before to what it was now. It looked like two separate knees. And I went back and I looked at some, some stuff on the internet and looking at those things, the knee that she had looked like a 20-year-old's knee that had never been messed up. I mean, it just, it took it from a messed up knee that could hardly move to a brand new knee. She finished that, we finished that prayer, and I just said, wow, there are three angels in the room. That's all I said. I didn't tell her everything other than I said, they, they put things back in your knee. And I said, I want you, she, so she was standing there like that and she was really ginger on it And I said, I want you to walk around. And so she started walking around and the angel looked at me and said, tell her to lift her knee up. And I said, I want you to lift your knee up. And she did that. And if you know pastor's mom, she's like kind of, she gets excited about things. She starts running around and she's doing this and doing all this stuff. It was, And, and I'm like, I, I go, whatever just went, you just got a new knee. It's going to last you. The Lord said, he gave you the new knee. And she was like, I've not been able to do this for years. And I remember sitting there thinking how amazing God is that he cared so much just about a knee. Just about her and this knee in this situation. And I had the ability to be able to be blessed enough to be able to see that. And what I want you to understand is that that knee lasted another seven years. And that's what the Lord told me. He said, we're gonna give her another five to seven years to get there, depending on how she handles it. And it got her to a point where technology got so much farther with knee replacements that now the knee replacement's much better. And and it's just one story, but it starts with prayer. Whatever you ask, you shall receive. See, it's standing firm in those areas. And I want you to understand this. Hebrews chapter one, verse 14, and it's the one I was talking about earlier. I'm gonna read it quickly, and I'm going to read it out of two different versions. This is a scripture that you want to mark up, and you want to definitely put in your prayers. It says this, therefore angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for the people who will inherit salvation. Who's he talking about? Who inherits salvation? You and I. We're the ones that the Lord, remember John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him, shall have eternal life. That's salvation. It's whoever believes. Their job is to go and do what we ask of them to do. That doesn't mean go get me a drink from the refrigerator and bring it here. But that does mean, you know what, when you pray, stand firm and say, Lord, I send out the ministering spirits, go get them. You know, one of the things that we continue to pray here is, Lord, don't just bring people to the church. We want blessed people. We want people that wanna receive your word. God, go get them from the north, south, east, and west. Bring them in, bring them into this place. And that's what it keeps coming back down to. And so what I want you to understand, angels are here to help us. We have to ask the Lord to send them because they are just waiting to be given an assignment to go do. One of, the, one of my favorite stories, and I, I don't want to take stuff from Kelly, but this was a story he and I were talking about. Um, one, of the, one of the times that they were in prayer, Kelly had seen, was seeing this, and he said there was a big angel that came in, and he came in and he was talking with Kelly, and Kelly was sitting there and he said, if these guys will ask, I'll give them whatever they ask for right now. And So Kelly looked at all the guys, and he said, hey, and it was a prayer group. They had been praying for years together in this prayer group, and he said, I'm telling you, this angel right here, there's a big angel right here. He is literally standing here waiting, and there are many little ministering angels ready to go. They're waiting on you. Come and tell. Speak what you want. And all of a sudden, one by one, they started speaking, I want this. And the angel would look at another one and point, and they would go. And he would look at another one and point, and they would go. And everything that they were asking for. God was sending him, God was sending him, God was sending him, God was sending him. But here's the great part about it. At the end of all that, when everybody had asked their wildest desires, that big angel looked back at Kelly and said, that's all they want? They just asked for everything and the biggest things that they could imagine. And the angel looked and said, that's all? Isn't it amazing that we serve the creator of all creation? the God of all gods, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords, who created this world. We have dominion over it. We have an enemy that runs around trying to convince us that we don't have dominion. You have dominion, and so do I. The choices we choose to make by the words we speak, by the prayers we have, and by the boldness we put behind it changes everything. And this is what it comes back down to. When we understand who we're facing and what we have on our side, there is absolutely nothing to worry about. Out of the Amplified Version, Hebrews one fourteen says, Are not the angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, accompany, and protect those who will inherit salvation? Of course they are. See, this is what it comes back down to. When you understand who's on your side and who you're against, it changes everything. See, the very first time I ever saw a demon, it was after... It was after young adult service and I was in Clovis, I was working, on the, working for the ministry there. And I remember I was sitting just like this. We'd finished it and on the stage we had a step that came down and all these people had come up and they were coming up for prayer and they were talking to our youth pastor who was our young adults pastor at the time and he was praying for people. And I remember I was sitting there and he was standing here and there was a gentleman that came up and this gentleman had dealt with many, many things in his life. Like he, was, he liked going to church, he liked Jesus, And he liked the things of God. That's it. There was not a full commitment of anything. He liked what he liked. And he didn't like the other parts. You can't be half in with God. So we continue to go. So I'm sitting here. And I remember I was just sitting like this. And he's standing right here next to me. And he's on the floor. And all of a sudden, I see this little monkey looking thing. And I look over and this monkey is just staring at me. He's right here. He's hanging on this guy's left leg because the guy's standing like this and he's hanging on his leg, but he's like down here. So he's like from here down. So he's about that tall. And I remember I'm sitting and I looked over and this monkey looks at me and he like sticks his tongue out. He does that. And then he, he like grabs on the guy's leg and he kind of runs up and twirls down it. And then he runs up and he twirls down it. And I remember I'm sitting there going, What the heck's this thing think it's doing? And I was about to cast it out, and all of a sudden, this my in the inner voice that God speaks, he shared and he said, I don't I didn't show him to you so that you would cast him out. I showed him to you to let you know what a demon truly looks like. And I looked at him and I said, That's a demon. And he said, yes, that's a demon. And I said, why is he there? He can't be in my presence. He said, he's not in your presence. He's in his presence. I said, what do you mean? He goes, he likes him. He likes him around. You could cast him out and he would have to leave. But he's just gonna wait outside till that guy walks out and then he's gonna jump back on. And I remember going through this whole process and I'm thinking, how does this work? And it doesn't make any sense, but the Lord keeps speaking this to me. So we finish, and I, I remember the guy's praying and, and, and the little demon kind of keeps messing around and playing around on his leg. And when he's walking out, he's just staring at me. And I took a step towards him and he, took, and he turned his head. And I remember it was like, it was like that kid who's like, eh, seven, so I took a step and he kind of you know, ran out. and he, he, But he just hung around on his left leg. And I, So I'm talking to our youth pastor at the time and I'm like, hey, let me tell you what I saw. And I just started talking to him about it. And he goes, what leg did you say it was on? I said, his left leg. And he said, where? And I said, like, like here. Like he would climb up to his knee and then he would swing down. And he'd climb up and he'd swing down. I said, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. He said, you said his left knee? And I said, yeah. He goes, he's gone to every doctor in all of America. He has major issues with his left knee. They cannot figure out what is wrong with it. His knee will just stop working. He'll either collapse, it'll lock up, it'll do these things. They cannot figure it out. And I said, well, I can. I can tell you why it's happening. And all of a sudden, it was like the Lord started revealing things about different people and different things that are going on. And that's what I want you to understand about this, is that everything we talk about, you have an angel that is way better than these little demons. Understand this, due to time, I'm gonna close with this. I didn't even get to finish my last part. I'm gonna finish that next week. But I wanna tell you about the biggest angel I've ever seen. Now, every angel that I've ever seen, even babies, babies have angels, everybody has an angel. You have an angel that is with you at all times. Angels are always with you. You have certain things that you are called to do. They will have these sashes, and each color represents certain things, and I'll let Kelly talk more about that if he wants to go that route. But there's angels that are with us, and I want you to understand something about this. Demons are anywhere from about two feet tall to the tallest one I've ever seen is about four feet. Let me tell you about angels now, though. Okay. Babies. In mommy's tummies, when my wife was pregnant with Cade, we're on stage in Clovis, New Mexico. We're standing on stage, and I'm standing here. She was standing right next to me, and we're kind of standing at this angle. And Pastor Swan was talking about us, and Kelly, Kelly comes up to me after and says, So you guys are pregnant. What? 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 He goes, You're pregnant. And I said, We haven't really told. I mean, like we had just kind of found out about this stuff. And He said, well, you're pregnant. And I said, "What, what do you mean? He goes, well, when you were on stage, he said, you were standing here. And he said, your angel was behind you. He's right here. He said, Amanda was standing here and her angel was here. And then there was another angel that was about this just floating right here near Amanda. And he said, I knew you guys were pregnant. So understand this. That angel that was with Cade, even in Amanda's stomach, is still with Cade today every one of you have an angel and your angel is ba- Your angel is as big as your faith and your humbleness. That is how sizes happen. And so I want you to understand, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But I will tell you this pastor's angel is about 14 feet tall. <laughs> He's big. He's big. We have a church angel. Every church is assigned an angel. If you go back to the book of Revelations, you'll see that he addresses the letters to the church angel. Every church has an angel. Our church angel has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger over the years. I'm telling you, he's big. Now, the biggest angel I've ever seen, though, is if you read through the Bible, you'll hear about an angel called Gabriel. I've seen Gabriel. Gabriel is about 16 feet tall. His shoulders are about six to seven feet wide. He is unbelievably proportional, like just he is a warrior. He is so big that I was standing, it was at the Men of Iron, and the stage is similar to this, that he was standing here and I could not see the stage. His wings came out, just a little bit, and he was standing there and he was standing like this. When he was standing like that, I could not see the worship team on stage. That's how big he is. Now, let me ask you this question. Are you afraid of these little guys when you know you got that guy behind you? See, faith comes by what you believe. The more that you trust, that mountain has no control over you because I've got an angel that can handle that mountain that quick. If you trust what you believe, if you trust in the word, it will change everything. That's what I want you to understand about this. Listen, we are on the winning side. You have the big brother that can beat up anybody else in this place. This is what it comes back down to. The question is, where do you believe? That's what I got to ask. That's the final question that it comes back down to. How do you see yourself scared of this guy? or bold because of that guy. He's the creator of all. He's the God of all gods, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. And that's what it comes back down to. I walk into a place where fear is, and I will tell you this, I'm not fearful. I'm bold, because I'm not worried about what they can do because I know what he can do. That's what it comes back down to. So I wanna do this thing, we've gotta close. I've gone over a few minutes, I apologize for that, but I do wanna do this. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? I wanna give you an opportunity. Maybe as we talk through this, you realize, you know what, my boldness isn't there because I truly have not fully committed unto the Lord. This is what it comes back down to. Are you willing to make the choice to trust the Lord wholeheartedly, knowing with a boldness behind it that He is who He says He is, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, and the God of all gods. If you're ready to fully commit Because understand this, I realize it. There was a point in my life where I wasn't 100% in. I was trying. It's time to stop trying. It's time to go all in. If you're ready to go all in with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place and you're ready, would you just lift your hand up in the air and say, that's me, I need to go all in. I'm ready. I'm ready to go all in 100%. Listen, there's hands up all over this place. This is a decision that you choose to make. Put that boldness full 100% behind you, knowing that you know, that you know, that you know who's got your back and you are on the winning team. It's time to put that jersey on and be bold about it. As I look across this room one last time, is there anybody else in this place? I see those hands. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every one of these hearts. I pray, Father, for your blessing and your peace upon them. I pray, Father, that you would bless them, lead them, and guide them, Father. Their boldness would grow to levels that they could never even imagine. Lord, that people will see them and say, what's changed? And simply, it's the love for you. Father, grace them. Give them mercy. Give them peace. Bring joy back into their lives that they may know that they know they have the king of all kings on their side. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. If you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer? And for those of you that didn't, would you pray this and encourage me? These others say it loud enough you can hear it with your own ears. Say this: Say, Father, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. I commit my life, one hundred percent, unto you. I'm gonna walk with a boldness and a knowing that I am a son or daughter of the Most High. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Listen, I've got two more weeks. I'm gonna continue going on this. Next week, I'm gonna talk a little bit about how demons try to interact with us and how they try to do things and convince us of other stuff. So I encourage you to keep coming back. And then Kelly will develop a little bit more into that also. I just encourage you, make plans to be here every Wednesday night. God's got big things he's gonna do with each and every one of us. If you guys need prayer for anything, our prayer team will be right up here. Other than that, God bless you guys. We love you. Don't forget about the youth meeting. We love you. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit Faith Church Lubbock.